And welcome to the Dice of Screaming. And this is take two. Hey, Mike. Ah, ah yeah, you can. All right. Hey, we're mobile. I, I sound my barbaric yawp from the wilderness, and it is heard hundreds of miles away. <laughs> That's a yawp. I thought it was a <laughs> dysfunctional problem, but hey, you know what? I'm glad that you've got a name for it and you're seeking help. All right. So, yeah, uh, we're on our mobile, and, uh, yeah, this is our second attempt, so it's looking like it's working, so anyway, um, you're up in the mighty north. Yeah, we're letting nothing stop us. (laughs) Neither time nor distance shall keep us from our podcast. Yeah, so how's everything going up there? How's the weather, all the things? Oh, I am sitting here beholding a a beautiful lake with placid waters uh, and enjoying a little coffee on the back deck. Oh yeah, uh, here at the cabin. Here at the cabin in the wilderness. All right. Well, hey, um so we got This is episode 299. It is right before we are going to do our 300th episode, and we've been doing a little bit of build-up, a little bit of suspense. So um, this week, look for on our Facebook page. Yes, you have to actually use a Facebook account. And look on our Dice of Screen Facebook page, and you can see what we're going to offer, what you can win, and what you can win. Wow, uh, it's a remaster, a Freddy action figure, a little three and three quarters. Yep, you can put them in the land speeder next to Luke Skywalker or wherever you use your three and three quarters. You can fight GI Joe if you want, or fight. <laughs> I don't know. Your imagination is the limit. That, that's what's up for grabs. That's uh, number one. <laughs> Mike, what are you offering our listeners today? Original X module. The gem and the staff. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Well, yeah, uh, that was a solo one. Yeah, okay. Not, yeah. not a repro, but the original 1983 release of the gem and the staff. Uh, solo D and D. Yeah. So, so that's almost, happened. But it's about wow. That's almost <clears throat> that's forty years old. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, man. Yeah, Holy crap. 2003, 13, 23. Yeah. 40 years old. So, yeah, hey, Vincent. Dungeons and Dragons solo module for a thief. So, yeah, you can uh, get your copy of OSC or DD Basic, whatever you prefer, and uh, have yourself a good old time. Yeah, so that, that would be intriguing. I've never played that one. I think I've had it. But, uh, you ever end up? I was fortunate enough. I was fortunate enough to have acquired a second copy during uh, the expansion of my collection. And man, I've been sitting on it a long while. Still bagged, still boarded. Looks gorgeous. Oh, is it in the shrink wrap? No, no. Bagged and boarded for its own protection. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's still not in the shrink. But uh, next best thing. All right, so that's up there. That's what Mike is offering. And, of course, uh, from the vault, a dragon egg dice bag. This is uh, handmade, crocheted, and uh, my wife makes it. 
currently <laughs> looking to sell them on TikTok. So he just got approved as a TikTok buyer. So he's not uh, uh, set up yet. So don't go jumping around. But uh, once it does, I don't fear. I will imp my wife's podcast or uh, podcast. My TikTok. wife's uh, TikTok. Sell her link on our Facebook and also on this podcast. So don't worry. But um, it holds about 150 dice. That's that's all we've been able to cram in there. Yeah, baseline average of, uh, you know, dice of typical size will fit quite comfortably. Absolutely. So don't put the mini dice in there because it'll fall out. But hey, it uh, cinches up top. Uh, Pretty nice. So that one is being our third place. So I'll put picks up with links. Um. On our Facebook page, so that you can have a gander at them. And uh, we want to tell them how to win, or uh, you know what, we just need to work it off. That um, every name between now and our three hundredth <laughs> podcast will be added to the pool. Great uh, on podcast day itself, when we record episode three hundred. All anybody has to have done is to have been in that list. We will randomize and dice uh, from the assorted names that have contacted us. Uh, and it could be anybody. There, there's there's no surefire way except contact us. Uh, track us down via Facebook and pow. Yeah. Anybody uh, whose name is included podcast. We'll come up on Facebook. You join the group. When our 300th episode does come out, what you have to do is on that 300th episode, put your name down, and then we'll grab, grab that. So just to kind of bring it in, all you have to do is when our 300th episode, which will be next week, we'll do our 300th episode, which, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that, we, we have a, a maladjustment here, so we have to uh, get to but just to land the plane on this last point, yeah, our 300th episode, just put your name down there. As a, com- a comment, even insult us if you want, and we'll put your name up. And then uh, when we have finalized the winner, which we'll do on the podcast, uh, we'll have you get a hold of us through private message, send us your deets, as the kids like to say, and we'll send it out to you. Look at All right. So that's them's the rules. That's what's going to happen. So, yeah, let's talk about the Astrogalomancer and uh, uh, putting things off to the future. Oh, the Astrogalomancer is woefully wrong. Uh, oh. We are <coughs> we are rescheduling the Astrogalomancer's contribution uh, <laughs> to uh, episode three hundred one. Uh, at the very least, uh, we were talking gamekeeping, or sorry, gatekeeping. But there are a lot more current events going on right now that kind of, I think, merit actual immediate attention. So this week, unlike what we expected, uh, we're talking the lingering reach of. Baldur's Gate 3, and some of the complications that this is going to present for WOTC, which 
Watson. Maybe they may prove to be serious. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, that's what we'll get into. I think. Uh, oh heck, I might as well just tear right into that in just a moment. I think we the only other business we have to do is uh, say that uh, our next episode, episode three hundred. Um, that's well. Hey, we were going to try to keep it secret, but there's no sense. I mean, we're we're nobody important, so we're just happy you listen to us, okay? So what we're going to do is we're going to go over uh, the last five years of podcasts and just give our reminiscences, ideas. I've heard a couple of things. Uh, Chris Hudson's been very lively to tell me what he thinks about some things, and uh just to give a little preview, uh, thanks for your input, Chris. Uh, he was a little sad listening back to some of our podcasts pre-COVID. Like, we had all these plans, you know, the, like right up to that twenty uh, February 2020 mark when everything shut down. <sighs> we, had, we had plans. We, we, we had plans, man, and COVID ruined them. And he's listening like that's a little sad. So we'll talk about that and some other things. What happened to those plans, where we are. Yeah, we've been talking about getting cups and merch, and uh, you know what? Artists are um, that we find, and not that we make a lot of money off there. So this is basically beer money that we make off of the podcast, and uh, even though we have uh, good supporters out there, this is not in any way supporting a lifestyle. And we want to make sure that when we give you, we, we, we try to give you stuff back, but we've been at this for about five years, and we're still not very good at it. So <laughs> we just try to our honest well to give back what we can. And uh, you know we we do win points for honesty. because uh, <laughs> you know, few and far between are are those who uh, they have a total self awareness of their own clown shoe nature. And uh, <laughs> oh man, we got that in spades. I mean Hey, if we could dole that out, I mean, I was thinking of like just uh, getting an artistic rendering of a pair of clown shoes. Yeah, and you know that probably would you know I could just you know give it, but uh, no, we will not use AI art or anything. I've had a, uh, one comment said if you're looking for if you're not getting what you want, you can use Midjourney, and I'm like, I've used Midjourney to make some memes, and that's about it. Um, that's a that, that's the best one. Um, I think it's used for it. It's great for memes. Uh, paying for the premium price on it, of course, is a, a thing. But I would try to employ a person and use their skills and talents because I think that, especially when it comes to humor, uh, yeah, Midjourney does not do humor. It has yeah, I, I would be much happier hiring uh, Strong Bad uh, to see his skills of an artist. Yeah. Hey, you know what? The Trogdor of gaming podcasts. Strong Bad has been doing Teen Girl Squad comic for steadily for three years. So I don't want to hear it. The guy is dedicated. He may just draw oh, yeah. six figures, but he's dedicated. <laughs> See, that's stick to And that's what we've got. We may not have talent, but we're stick to Is that even a word? Oh, well. Anyway, um, yeah, so that. <laughs> So 300 episode, that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about stuff, which is what we're going to do today. Right? So there we go. 
Oh, yeah. It'll be retrospective and amending some of our plans for the future. Yeah. A visit to the past and speculation on what may yet be to come. <laughs> I don't know if I should even uh, throw this reference out, but Conan O'Brien in the year 2000. I think that we need somebody with a high-pitched voice to be uh, in the future. The Night Street <laughs> Podcast will probably be out of it. That's inevitable, my friends. But uh, on the other hand, you'll have plenty of time to enjoy us. So, all right. I think that did it. So <clears throat> let's tear into it. This is going to be a little bit of a weighty topic. Uh, you mind if I start out a little bit, Mike? Go right ahead. Okay. So I, um, if you follow a guy on YouTube named The Rules Lawyer. He recently came out uh, talking about is Baldur's Gate 3 good for D&D? And of course, now we're starting in. I didn't do the intro. I completely failed. But yeah, we're talking about Baldur's Gate 3. And we talked about it last week. So what would you have to possibly talk about? And I saw his podcast. He raised some very good ideas. So I'm going to be ripping off of some of those because I think they're worthy talking points to get us started. But after that, we're on our own. So... What he's initially well, said. yeah. Go ahead. Oh, all right. Go ahead. Yeah. I, look, rules lawyer brought up some incredibly relevant points, uh, things that uh, they absolutely caught our interest immediately. Uh, and after a little examination and a little thought, uh, we had to sit there and admit, oh man, this could be uh, an unfolding drama. Now. Hey, we could be wrong. I, like things, for all we know, could work out to be the best of all possible worlds. But somehow, I just don't think so. Yeah, this he raised the first question was, has Wizards of the Coast created another its own competitor once again? And what we're talking about specifically here is, of course, Baldur's Gate's come out and it's been a huge success. And it looks like that is not slowing anywhere near anyway nears down and it's making a lot of headway into going into its modding phase now um as it goes into the modding phase that's what keeps games like skyrim uh oh boy i can think of only skyrim off the top of my head but i, I imagine there's others that have been modded i, I can go back and date myself like okay grandpa it's time for your bets all right back in the day we used to play gary's mod on half-life that's how they made call of duty did you know that yeah exactly yeah so well hey hey you know civ 5 uh was relevant in spite of its dlc uh policy which look uh people will probably have already guessed that mike is not a big fan of only selling people half a game and then including tidbits for uh, months and or years. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not a huge fan of that. But the modding community for Civ Five was outstanding. Uh, some really remarkable modding. So now we've got this to look forward to in the next few years to come as a modding community builds itself into a viable internet presence and people have time to uh, build some really fascinating mods. Uh, and this could go as far as the manufacture of uh, team player dungeons 
uh, as like limited scenarios, which effectively is playing D and D through virtual tabletop. That is direct competition with the well, uh, with the expectations of WOTC. So I, this is a little bit of a bullet to the foot here, folks. I, you know what can I say? It, that the popularity of this game may very well overshadow BTT. Yeah, and it, you know, Wizard has bet the farm on the D and D virtual tabletop. They want the virtual tabletop. They be their flagship way to play D&D, not just online, but play D&D pretty much anywhere. Um, that you can use it as a way not only to just uh, show what your players are seeing and exploring with Fog of War and animations and all that, but they've also copyrighted certain spell animations like Magic Missile as proprietary. And this has caused a lot of things like the downward effect or ripple effect, I guess you want to say. Why companies like Paizo are having to reissue uh, and redo remasters of their flagship games to get away from not only from the GoTL, but get away from some of the changes that we're potentially doing. Now, we could do a whole podcast and we just fight on what this has done, but we want to just focus it up here that this whole spilling of all this blood, hair pulling, and screaming has been about. Wizards trying to enforce the OGL and monetize D&D for their virtual tabletop. And then they go ahead and make Baldur's Gate 3. I mean, in a way, I'm just going to paraphrase what uh, the, the title is. Baldur's Gate 3 has, quote-unquote, saved D&D, but can ruin Wizards of the Coast. And as we get in there, the first dilemma, the first horn, is that... They went to all these steps to solidify their grip on what makes D&D D&D. And now they have a competitor out there in the wild for a computer role-playing game that offers a much more fluid experience than a virtual tabletop. So, Oh, wonderfully so. I, I have to say, uh, amending... It just momentarily amending my report of last week. Uh, I got much further into gameplay uh, to the end of Act One before I went on vacation and basically uh, down-tuned my level of connectedness uh, out here in the wilderness. So I'm not playing at the moment. Oh, but I will be when I return. Uh, I, I will say this. I... I Ultimately, ironed out some of the character modification and creation requirements. Uh, it's the toggles and switches that I don't feel they were as clearly or visibly marked as they could have been. This was not a disaster level event. Uh, anybody taking their time and leisurely testing all of the functions will work out how to do this stuff. Uh, without great complexity uh, so yeah not a minus side just perhaps not as well flagged or signed as they could have been and that's that's it for the complaint level uh second i still had not run into any bugs 
Um, although patches are being released uh, since apparently uh, Act Two and later, uh, there are some highly complicated scenarios, and the complexity of them is magnified by some of the actions meta gamers and power gamers are taking. So, some perhaps not planned for uh, bugs are appearing in highly complicated scenarios. Mm -hmm. uh, they are, however, being very quickly addressed. So, you know, Larian, to their credit, is being very mindful of announcements from the community. Yeah. Uh, their players are getting heard and getting answered as quickly as they can be. Well, so once again, I am not disconnected. Yeah, so once again, I'm just going to go out and uh, we're drifting away from the uh, topic, original topic, but I just want to close it out by saying, hey, uh, can we just say that this has been a pretty bug-free release? I mean, yes, there are people, oh, what about this bug? Yeah, okay, those are hyper uh, metagame issues, and I don't think that that really represents a that buggy of a second act or third act, but yeah, um, there's some bugs in there. Yep. And but they are, as any company has done, just went ahead and uh, addressed them through hot passes and fixes. But for the most part, it plays pretty well, and it's reasonable to expect that yes, there's going to be some glitches down the road. But it's pretty. Yeah, if they're continuing, to, if they're continuing to main the, maintain the game at this pace. Uh, then we can safely project that as the modding community develops, uh, they're going to have a very stable platform to build their own version of multiplayer BTT into. So, you know, uh, tying the end to the beginning here, uh, looking at an evolving scenario that shows a lot of promise and very few hitches for Larry but enormous potential trouble for WOTC. Yeah, and because they bet the farm on getting this virtual tabletop up. That's they and buying the very lights of Wizards of the Coast, Cynthia Williams saying that they want to monetize D D on every level on this platform. The potentiality for the virtual tabletop to for Baldur's Gate to take the steam away from that, no pun intended, out of their uh engine room. And boilers is just it's incredible that they would decide hey we're going to monetize and grab hold of what makes D D D D and try to capitalize a virtual tabletop market shutting out uh roll 20 forge and any others that are out there and you know they have not the clampdown has not happened the wizards has not put the kibosh and saying like you can't play fifth edition on any other uh, or our new edition, the DD1, excuse me. They'll probably allow people to have 5th edition on Forge and uh, Roll20 for quite a while, until they decide not to. I mean, yeah, we're looking at you, Common Creatives 4.03. But, yeah, until they do that, yeah, you probably will be able to play 5th edition on whatever, Owlbear Rodeo, if you want, or any of the other places. But the new... <laughs> Well, yeah, I'll, I'll with the, uh, online place. But where, where were you playing? Owlbear Rodeo. <laughs> yeah, Owlbear Rodeo. Hurry them up. Round them up. Raw head. Load them up in the shoot. <laughs> Put them in the shoot. Oh, boy. Uh, Eight seconds, buddy. Eight seconds. <laughs> yeah. Owlbear Rodeo. It's not pretty. 
But yes, um, whatever virtual tabletop you're probably playing D and D fifth edition on, you're probably sick. But going forward with their new edition, D and D one sixth edition, whatever they're going to end up calling it, I, who knows anymore? I give up. They're going to probably put that in there, and uh, that is only going to be able to be played on their D and D VT. Now, that said, like Roll for Combat did a stream. Or uh, what was it? They, they got some people up in the end. As one of our listeners, Merrick Barrett, said, they had, uh, like, cover me, Steve, moment. You know, it was, it, it's a little forced reaction video to how good the virtual tabletop looks uh, for D&D. And, you know, they put this well up, knowing that just a few months, Larian Studios is going to release Baldur's Gate 3, and... They went ahead, and this is the this is the timing that they have. It's awkward. It's look, I I do some office references here, and sometimes they fall short. But this is one I think everybody can get behind. This is basically like a Michael Scott moment. Did you release <laughs> the virtual tabletop right before Baldur's Gate three? No, I mean yes, I mean no. Well, it's out. And people are playing Baldur's Gate yeah. 3 and not, you know, and the people who would be attracted, and this is where we're trying to bring it home, the people who would be attracted, computer gamers, those casuals, and people who are just maybe ancillary to playing DD, but like, hey, maybe the virtual tabletop's worth checking out. Here's Baldur's Gate 3, and Baldur's Gate 3 has a more interactive and fluid environment that doesn't require you having to sit down and learn how to use the virtual tabletop doodads and all the widgets to get a game going. Instead, you can just jump on board and do this. Now, as we're coming up on the break here, uh, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about the editor and modding community, as my dog and cat seem to have a domestic spat in the background. You'll hear some scraping of paws and crying of cats in the background. <laughs> Sorry about that, but my I have a lively <laughs> environment here in the kitchen. And during the break, I'm going to be putting on my cowboy hat and attending the Albert Rodeo. Oh, you just uh, love that name, don't you? Yeah. Oh man, I literally it, it's it's almost hard to concentrate because I'm so happy that those two words have been combined. <laughs> oh man, it almost hurts. It it's so beautiful. It, it's like staring at the sun. Uh, so we'll be back after this break. All right. So stick around. And All we're right. back. Yeah. No, not too shabby. So, hey, uh, yeah. Before we get into it, uh, I'd like something you want to bring up. So, why don't you go Oh, how's that? Oh. Got a barking dog. Oh, here we go. Okay. We are live once again. Uh, I am starting the top of this half hour with a plug for a fellow podcaster and long-standing friend, uh, class act. Uh, my friend Brian has started a horror podcast for those who love horror movies and the horror genre and are fond of the stars of that genre and those movies. Uh, you may want to keep your eye peeled for the newly arriving podcast titled Podcastination unknown 
Podcastination yeah. unknown. All right. Yeah, I noticed that uh, the horror podcast scene is really big. So glad. To and see I am wishing him all the best. I I would you know go much further to pimp a friend's podcast. Uh, <clears throat> a wonderful person uh, <laughs> with a fantastic sense of humor. So definitely worth tuning in. Uh, better than free cable. Okay. So during the break, uh, you also mentioned you wanted to have a moment to talk about a character death. So before we oh, get back yeah. into the dilemmas facing Wizards of the Coast about Baldur's Gate and their attempt to monetize virtual D&D virtual tabletop at every level, why don't you go ahead and tell us about your most recent exploits in Baldur's Gate 3, Mike. Go ahead. Yes, I forgot this at the uh, beginning of the show. But I did want to bring people up to speed on that most uh, terrific of events in any gamer's life. You know, when you're trying out a new game, uh, one of those trope moments that we've all experienced is that first tragic character death. Uh, I finally had that fantastic experience. I embrace it. I lean into it. Uh, It happened. And, well... I was I was so struck by the moment that I, I wanted to commemorate it in art. So I dialed up a pal of mine who was a muralist. And I said, look, uh, I'm going to describe to you the scenario at the moment of my character's death. And I want you to bring their final thoughts to life in art. I want you to muralize my wall in this room with my character's glorious death. And I want to feel what that character felt. I want to know what they were thinking in their last seconds. So the artist demanded total privacy and everything curtained off. And I couldn't look until they were finished. And it took about a week. And they they just, man, like food was delivered. And they never came out from behind the curtains. They just worked for a week straight. And, you know, that's how artists are. They, they require privacy to you know, have time with their muse. Uh, a week goes by. I invite all my buddies over for the grand unveiling that drop the curtains. And it's nothing like what I expected. I was furious. I mean, first off Angry. dead center. Yeah. I, I was just outraged. Dead center on the wall is a giant, giant steaming pile of crap. Yeah. With flies buzzing around it and everything, just like, Huge poop emoji. Then everywhere else is covered in goblins in various carnal acts in every imaginable every imaginable position. Uh, just the Kama Sutra of goblins. Yeah, okay. And I I blew up. I mean, what you know, what would you expect me to do? I, I exploded at the guy. I was like, I, I can't pay you for this. This is not what I wanted. And he said, wrong. This is exactly what you wanted. This, this is your character's last thoughts. Holy crap. That's a lot of effing goblins. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. yeah. A lot of freaking goblins. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, that, so that's a character death by goblin. All right. Well, yeah. Yeah. It was not the most ignoble. 
<laughs> ah, it was not the most ignoble of deaths possible. I mean, it's not like I accidentally fell. Uh, you know, failed fall roll or you know, like jumping off of a cliff to get after a piece of loot and, you know, wind up cashing in that last hit point on my landing. You know, I didn't I didn't miss the dismount and lose a character over it. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was all right. Well, anyway, um, now, yeah, stories are always amusing, but we're here talking about Baldur's Gate. So let's get back onto it. Uh, we left on the horn of the first dilemma that Ball, uh, Baldur's Gate 3 represents the Wizards of the Coast that they stated by their own lights that their intention was to create a platform, a virtual tabletop, in which they could monetize D&D at every stroke. Now, Cynthia Williams, that was her own words. You can uh, look them up. They want to monetize D&D in, on, in its current form. And this is how they're going to do it. And they released Baldur's Gate 3, kind of seen as a little bit of a shooting themselves in the foot before the races even started. Now, a lot of uh, good points can be brung up about how the, uh, you know, w- uh, the modding community is going to start coming into the play. So far, there's not going to be a scenario added here or Dungeon Master mode like there was in Destiny or some other games. But the modding community could take up the mantle. It would be a pain in the butt, but people who are very passionate about it will do it. And we've seen it happen before. That is what makes it interesting for that first part of the dilemma. But Mike, during the break, you had also said that Wizards should lean into that. So, yeah, let's discuss that. How could they lean into the modding community if their intention is to uh, monetize it? Okay. Um, Point one they started this process with Larian like somewhere in the neighborhood of like five plus years ago. So some of their goals may have, you know, dramatically changed in the five years it took for this game to finally reach release. So now the goals that they currently express are not lined up with their best interests uh, in terms of their relationship with the Baldur's Gate 3 or Baldur's Gate franchise. Uh, They have, as we have said before, created what could potentially be an extremely adversarial relationship uh, with a game that is overshadowing overshadowing their own in-house product. Now, um, I know that this is a long shot to ask for, but at a moment like this, with gamer goodwill on the line, the stance I think they should take is to back away from pure monetization with regard to the modding community. Okay. I know that monetization is the overwhelming overarching goal, but walking it back right now for this mm-hmm. would be the kind of goodwill that could help to erode some of that bad blood from this past year. Uh, not to mention, if you've got a community that is ready to be engaged and ready to be creatives on your behalf, uh, man, making them happy, making them feel comfortable and at home does line you up for other product sales. Okay. Warming them back up. Uh, and one of my concepts that I, I really thought about was uh, D&D 1 future releases 
uh, being split in a way that um, are modestly monetized, but accessible on more than one platform. I mean, obviously, they want it to chiefly be on VTT uh, under the in-house D&D Online uh, in whatever incarnation that takes. Uh, but tying it in uh, in such a way that other people can make use of it on slightly different platforms after initial release might be a way to bridge the gap. Uh, just well, you know, like a, a sign I'll, of goodwill. You know, Larian, then you're dealing with, I'm going to contest that a little bit right there because Larian owns the Baldur's Gate three engine, right? That's their thing. Wizards has no claim to that. Even if it is, has D&D stamped all over it. That was a negotiated problem or settlement long before this became a problem. The, Larian's not going to let that out other than just letting the community use it for modding. But Wizards wants, the struggle here, I think, is Wizards wants to monetize the VTT experience or D&D as it stands right now. And if they, you say that if they can lean into that, they would be, uh, that would be how there would be a median ground for that. But I mean, I see this a very complicated legal process, but that's where I want to kind of um, make a segue right there is like, how would, how would they, I mean, other than lawyers and lots of across the board staring uh, meetings and forlorn shaded uh, boardrooms, corporate boardrooms, we've got really little to hope for that these two companies will work out some kind of amendable agreement. Is is that what you're saying? Is a, we need a, a wave to get wizards roped down and owlbear rodeo style with half <laughs> and assless chaps, is there another form of chaps? <laughs> oh, and, 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 and tie them down and bring them to the boardroom all trussed up and say, okay, you're going to come here and negotiate. Now, uh, I, I don't want to make it that hostile. I, I really feel like oh. they've got a window period here to have a much friendlier approach uh, mm-hmm. that shows a willingness to embrace competition, uh, which I know this is a tricky thing for any company to uh, work their way around. I, I know that it's it's painful and awkward to look at someone else making some of the money that you expect would be yours. Uh, but it's better than doing the long-term damage of driving away your clientele. I mean, if they can if they can exercise their creative creativity on another platform and not yours, uh, and more to the point, uh, you know, do it in a non-monetized atmosphere where they're free to just do what they love. Uh, that's where they're going to go. Uh, <laughs> that, that's the way water flows. Okay. Uh, if you notice, uh, if you place a very large rock in the middle of the stream, the water just moves around it. And that would be my signal warning to wizards of the coast that uh, you don't want to be, the rock in the middle of the river. You're just well, yeah. But they, around. I mean, they don't learn from history because they're repeating history that was done almost 12, 13 years ago when they uh, released fourth edition. 
and you know, they're not. I mean, to quote Battlestar Galactica, this has all come before. It has all happened before, and it's happening again. Yeah, we we have seen this happen. They had a virtual tabletop. <laughs> so, idea. so it's Cynthia Williams just sitting there going, "By your command." I yeah, that's my comparison. Is that she's one of the uh, fleshy Cylons, and you know that's uh, it, it's a weird flex that you would want. You would think that they would have let Baldur's Gate uh, three happen and just you know take take its own course, but of course it didn't. They would have waited for that to have already gone off before releasing the virtual tabletop. But no, no, they decided in December of last year. Well, all the way back in, I guess, in November. To go ahead and say, hey, you're going to have to start paying us revenue if you make over a quarter of a mil. Uh, we want some of that uh, lucra. We want some of this. And, uh, yeah, you're going to have to accede to a license that allows us to control your content if you publish anything for us. And that outcry along with, like, oh, and this is all for the virtual tabletop when they revealed that back in March on that uh, live stream with the cover me, Steve moment. <laughs> well, that that was so. Look, that let's talk a moment about that. Mary brought it up. That's so cringy. The watch that forced reaction of those, you know, other video game players sitting there playing the D and D virtual tabletop, and they're wow and amazed. Oh my gosh, this is so great! Oh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's completely scripted, of course. And fine, fine. That's that's how you want to get the hype train rolling. I get it. You got to get some steam going. Great. But you could have waited until Baldur's Gate was well in release and then come out with that. I mean, it, it's out now in August. I mean, what's the diff- the time between, uh, what was it, March and August? Like, what, four or five months? You just couldn't have waited and, you know, announced your VTT in October or September? Jiminy Cricket. The, yeah. It's just, they stumble over their own feet. And then, you know, Larian Studio says, yeah, we're going to release this to open modding. Yeah, there's no scenario editor or dungeon master mode like there are in other games or Neverwinter Nights. You remember Neverwinter Nights had a dungeon master? Oh yes, dungeon master mode. Now it was really hard. Uh, let's let's take a moment and talk about what that scenario editor or dungeon master mode did. It was it was a learning curve. I tried, and it took me like three days of like six seven hours sitting at the uh, keyboard and that's besides working a job and getting and set up to just design a small area yeah for my friends to explore three yeah. days having to fill in the parameters in the uh edit the scenario editing uh in neverwinter nights uh how i i don't want to say bad things about it because it was not a common practice at the time. Okay. The, the mod it, build it yourself kit was a beautiful idea and I was enamored of it, but my God, did you have to fill in a lot of details? Okay. You, you had to have an absolute sense of commitment to this process in order to make it work. Now, if Larian finds a way to make this somewhat easier, uh, well, yeah, the mod, they're not going to do it, but the modding community could. And we talked about that passion right at the start. They can go ahead and maybe make this happen. Now, as it is, Larian is not going to do it, and I'm really going to endorse it, but there's a subtle 
wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like, hey, the modding community could come up with a tool for this in the future. And that's a development that we would encourage. Yeah, they're saying it out loud. But they're also like, well, you know, if it happens, yeah, that's great. That would be great for the game and the community, right? Yeah, am I right here? Right, right. they would say that. Where Wizards of the Coast is like, mm-hmm. cough, cough, cough. Is, what we're really talking about here is Wizards isn't going to lean into this. Like Mike said, the best of intentions would be, yeah, you know what? Develop your own scenarios. Make your stuff, but still come to virtual D&D or D&D's virtual tabletop and pay us money, clubs. Yeah, they're grasping greedy fingers. Trying to strangle the life out of a community helps no one. It doesn't help them. They're, they kind of have to come to some terms here. That D&D will never be what Magic the Gathering or other uh, video games uh, with lots of pay to uh, succeed tier levels are going to be. They can't turn it into a, a cash app for Wizards of the Coast. They cannot turn D&D into like, Raid, Shadow Legends. Oh. You know, where you pay for unique skins, pay for new abilities, <laughs> pay for level boosts, pay for this, pay for that. Yeah, they, that's what they're looking at. They want to turn D&D into Raid Shadow Legends. And hey, I mean, it's an okay app game to blow some time on. And But let's be honest, you know, paying for uh, three bucks for level up boosts, you're not going to do that in D&D. Yeah, uh, if it becomes a grind, as so many games in the past have, um, where, you know, uh, the rich kid uh, somewhere, you know, around the world, uh, you know, is just blowing his uh, his parents' loot on all kinds of free stuff. And then you just have to sit there and go, well, you know, I, I can catch up to him someday if I'm prepared for six months of steady grinding. The resentment inherent in that scenario is such that it will kill any expression of the game that reflects that. That they're never going to achieve that goal. I, they might imagine that they can, but that it's not going to work. Why? Because abundant alternatives are out there, and as long as that is true, they're doomed. And yeah, that that plan is doomed, right? I mean, they're not going to offer level ups, and I, we use the Raid Shadow Legends model as a kind of a thing. Yeah, I played it for a while. It was, you know, it's a time waster when you're sitting around the doctor's office in the VA. But I didn't. <laughs> I wasn't serious about it. Like, this is my next new game. Uh, it, it, it's fun. Okay, it's just it's for hackage uh, slash. It's just mindless entertainment. But that's not what they had planned for virtual table. They have spell animations. They have unique scenario mods where it's very easy and make scenarios. So I think that that is the one thing that if Wizards of the Coast, they can save themselves. They need to really promote right off the bat that, hey, the D&D virtual tabletop lets you have a much easy, easy experience to make your own game scenarios or import some of our published products and make them gameable scenarios for you and your friends to meet online. I think if they do that, Maybe they'll be fine, but they also have to walk back the dream 
of, oh, we're just going to monetize everything. Only the books you'll have to pay for. You'll pay for online books. Oh, they'll be cheaper, but you'll still pay. You'll have a monthly subscription to keep your servers up so you can invite all your friends. They, yeah, they need to walk. That's the microtransaction level that they're going for, not level ups or uh, boosts or gold drops. What they're going to go for is paying for access to books, content, cosmetics, and uh, new spells or, or monsters that they come up with. Yeah, and you're renting access, okay? The idea of renting access to their IP uh, as opposed to purchasing their products, which I would be happy to purchase your products. But uh, how do I put this? Uh, it will be a chilly day in hell before I rent Okay, that's that's just not how I roll. Um, you know, that's that's where Mike draws the line and says, "Yeah, I'm out. I I just lost interest. Uh, I will have a Rick moment and go. I just got bored. I'm closing this whole operation." <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a cold day in before I go forth with this. <laughs> yeah, it it does not work for me. So, I I would be excited and i'm i'm hoping that as they lean into this thoughtfully because let's face it they did take a big ding back in january february okay they they really look they they got curb stomped I, there's no pretty way to put it i they and, had to walk back half of their proclamations i mean it was like they'd release a proclamation on a thursday by monday they're like yeah we're not going to do that because you know, Friday everybody got uh, into a their fur was uh, raised up, and by Friday, their or excuse me, by Monday morning, their four uh, server admins were all frazzled and scratched up, like they've been fighting a pack of rabid weasels. Yeah, it's like somebody shoved him in a bag with nine cats and pushed him into a river. Right, uh, it, don't they were looking rough. <laughs> uh, I can't blame them, but now. Here's the catch. I I know that we have characterized them as really clinging to the most extreme version of Money Hunt. And I I'm wondering if you well, know some of the events of the last were. Well that is where their stance was at the beginning of the year. Now when you consider the events of the last half year. Uh, have they drawn some different conclusions? I mean, has there been some kind of internal re-examination where uh, they've looked and said, I'm not sure that this approach is going to be feasible. And that's a perfectly realistic conclusion. I, I, I don't think that they're so completely bulletproof that it hasn't dawned on them that a very <laughs> obvious stance did enormous damage to their uh, current value. Uh, coming back out of that, I, I, I'm willing to believe that they might exercise caution. Well, we are what? talking about the very same people that would walk it back and then reissue it. In the, we're going to say this in a different way. Instead of taking and cleansing you, what we're going to do is softly fillet you. <laughs> Would that be better? No, it's not going to be better. All right, well, we're going to drop the we're going to drop the fling. How about we just uh, tenderize you with a large mallet? 
No. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, how about we're just going to gently massage you with acid? No. No. What no. Of hurting us. Do you not understand? We're not in here to be uh, monetized, okay? And I get it that certain people may want to monetize. And look, the virtual tabletop for d and I'm with them, but this has happened before. It ended in horror and tragedy. I'm not kidding you. If you don't know about that, I'm not going to mention it here because we are. I turned the explicit off. But it, it's literally like a uh, Stephen King novel level of tragedy and horror. Uh, what happened with their original idea back in the uh, early aughts was to come up with a virtual tabletop or D&D one experience. And yeah, they just had to drop it. There's no coming back. So yeah, I, I kind of like, I'm with you. I wish that like become enlightenment, but the track record we have, it, we have to, it's wishful thinking at best. It seems like that is the market strategy that they have decided and that is what they decided to spend all their community goodwill that they built up over years. And just when Baldur's Gate 3 shows up and seems to save Indy, there's some kind of ruminations. I think that what they're probably going to come out with is separate themselves and push the virtual tabletop, the Indy virtual tabletop, into a different show how different it is and how easy it is to use rather than having a scenario somebody develop a scenario editor in the fan community mod it and issue it forth on their own that that's something i don't think that wizards uh would be wrong to do and you know they want to monetize the access to rule books and um scenarios hey okay fine fine but you know other people are doing it and not doing the same thing and enjoying uh, a good success with the community. And I think that's, you know, you have good intentions. So. I do. I, I may be wildly over-optimistic. A, a part of my soul loves this genre and this game so much that instinctively what I want is the maximum level of approachability and engagement. I, I want an engaged gaming community that is really happy about what they've got. And we've had that since the advent of 5e. Uh, so it, it, yeah, it would wound me to, to see that thing that has been so nicely nurtured and that has grown so nicely into a robust gaming community. Uh, and then to see that, you know, steamrolled, um, that, I, that would not be fun. I don't want to go through that. So, <laughs> Uh, I might be being optimistic. It, it's entirely possible. Uh, let's hope I not. Mean, they've essentially ruined their credibility and, and pissed off the entire player base because some dumb executives who should have been fed to sharks long ago decided they needed to monetize this. Okay, I, I get it that, yes, there's that urge, but you can't do that to people. Like you said in, in uh, earlier was, you know, people will go other places. There's other places to go. So I think that's where it's a good place to end it right there. So, uh, yeah, that's what we think is, uh, yeah, Wizards kind of dumb, but uh, maybe there is some hope. Maybe uh, Mike's optimism uh, will lead to a change. And maybe my pessimism on this one, which usually I'm the optimist and he's the pessimist. But it's a role reversal, so I think that's a 
interesting take. But uh, hey, look, Wizards, <laughs> you got you got your work cut out for you. You guys got to start uh, doing a little bit better. And here maybe it's the opportunity, or maybe it's just another way that they'll squander the goodwill. Oh, uh, yeah, it could be, but. You know, we will be watching, and, you know, uh, as it unfolds, there will be additional commentary from us. You know, whatever it is that's going on, we'll give it a peek. So look forward to that in episodes to come. Uh, All in the right. Shall yeah, we? So we're going to land the plane, flaps down, wheels down. And so we'll see you next time on the Dyson Streaming. And we might do it in mobile casting. It seems it was pretty fun. But until that time. May the dice roll in your favor. We're out. See ya.